1: Hello again, everybody, I'm your host, Nick Scheist, and it's been a minute, but we're back with a new guest and a special Memorial Day episode. All right, my man, Justin Megna joining us today with Justin Sports Collectibles. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but before we do that, we'll talk about uh, how we made each other's acquaintance. Um, I don't even know, really. I hopped into a Twitter space with uh, some other guys I knew from Bill's Mafia and... Everybody was roasting EJ Daniels on his uh, Trey White blasphemy, and uh, <laughs> we just kind of we kind of connected. You were one of those guys. Uh, some of the other guys in the space vouch for you. Um, you are a Jets fan, just to be clear, uh, but you rock with Bills Mafia. So we're gonna show the love back to you, and uh, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So uh, I guess. When did you first get into? We'll say we'll say football first, but you can tell me like uh, what your sports upbringing was like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I played like uh, as a kid. I played basketball. Uh, you know, soccer for a little bit. Soccer is not like wasn't really my biggest uh, sport. Played baseball. You know, growing up as a youth kid. So I mean, I I've always had a passion for sports, and you know, as time went on in high school. I didn't really know if I wanted to play basketball because I wasn't that good for the JV and varsity team. So I end up trying uh, tennis, actually, which is interesting because people are like, oh, you, you play tennis? I, I can't see that. So I tried uh, varsity tennis in eighth grade. You know, it was very good or whatever. So, you know, I tried it for varsity. I went for it for, you know, ninth grade. I made the team in ninth grade and it kind of kind of stuck for, you know, a lot, of, a lot of those tennis guys, they get like lessons and whatever. I was kind of a walk-on with my partner, ended up being for uh, like three years and we actually qualified for states and everything. So it was kind of funny because, you know, me with a basketball background a little bit and him being hockey, it's like, who are these two dudes out here with, you know, guys that go to the country club or everything. So that's a little bit about, you know, uh, how I started uh, coming up when I was younger. Which then led me uh, into my college days, which I didn't really honestly know what I was gonna do. I wasn't like a a very good student in high school. I was one of those that had to work hard and whatever for my grades, you know, study, put the work in. But I didn't know what I was gonna do, so I went to community school for two years, Dutchess Community College, which ended up ultimately being a good decision for me because, you know, I got my degree, uh, my associate's degree, and then. kind of figure out what I want to do from there. So from there I was in kinda of a pickle to either go to uh SUNY Cortland where the Jets used to hold uh, you know, training camp, whatnot nice. when we had like Rex Ryan. And I had the decision to either do that or do a new school in Oneonta, which literally when I transferred it was a brand new um, program. So I ultimately decided um, going that route, which when I look back at it, you know, it was it was a good decision, but you know, the program wasn't really built up to where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I kind of decided I wanted to make a, a sports management club to, you know, give back to other people and, you know, put them in a better situation that I was in. You know, I graduated with my degree from there and then um, COVID hit. So I kind of struggled a little bit, went back and forth from, you know, working in my town at, you know, just a little place in my town. And then now i um, You know, this is this is what I want to do for life because I know that I have like, you know, different relationships with different type of people just because over the years I've been to like many signings. I've been to many games and I know what people like to do and I know how to construct it. And now I just want to get into it for a career and bring, you know, people together, you know, give back to the community, do autograph signings, you know, public events, stuff like that. So I'm really just focusing on, you know, building it out from the ground up. But I'm just really waiting for my one opportunity, which, you know, I know it's coming because the, the feedback that I get, I mean, people seem to like what I do. So if people like what you can do, I mean, ultimately you can make a career out of it.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. And I should let everyone know that uh, you did show that generosity to me randomly and send me that Josh Allen rookie card, which is kind of how like we got in touch and all this came about. And I really do appreciate that. man. you didn't have to do that, but in the the spirit of generosity that comes with Bill's Mafia and from LaShawn, you decided to make that decision and give away a Josh Allen rookie card to some random person in the room at the time in the Twitter space. And that was me and you're a man of your word. And I do appreciate that. And I have that on my desk over here somewhere it's kind of messy, love it you know, and I love that, it yeah. yeah
0: and a little bit of the, the background about the Bills fans where I connect uh my dad's actually a Bills fan we've been going to games since I was like five years old I mean Jets versus Buffalo we ultimately really don't miss a game with Jets versus Buffalo we going for like 20 years so that's kind of like our tradition and whatnot I get a lot of nonsense from my dad since you know the Bills are the favorite but you know <laughs> why why do you like this team blah 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 they're always losing but at the end of the day, you know, I'm one of those people that just, I'm going to stick to my team and honestly rep it, win, lose, or tie. I don't really change how I go about it. I know some people, you know, are fair weather fans. That, that's just not who I am. No matter what the record is, I'll be out at the stadium early. Usually I get to the stadium at around 8 o'clock when the gates open, and usually I stay after. Usually it's like a 12-hour day when all's said and done. So <laughs> it's it's between the you know the people getting to see people that I usually see at the games the social aspect and you know the business side of it too you know seeing my guys and you know making a connection with them so it's really people say it's it's not really just about the game for me if the jets lose you know I'm I'm in a bad mood for maybe 2 days 3 days until I get over the hump and then I got to go to the next game but sometimes it's really like an emotional side to me, which is mm-hmm. different from a lot of people because, you know, people don't really know the backstory. So that's the main reason why I want to get into the field a little bit too. So I can provide a little bit more context and uh, content that people don't really see and really don't understand. I mean, you have these beat reporters and stuff, you know, making up stories and just doing stuff for clicks when they really don't know what's actually the truth. So that's what I want to like focus on give a little bit more of a background and understanding to you know the player side of it too
1: yeah that's fair and like uh reading players tribune is always interesting uh because you get some like firsthand encounters from these players and one of those stories uh was about uh Tariq cohen and his just crazy crazy story that came out i want to say like know, a couple weeks ago maybe uh and i'll put the link up for that too but i don't want to like i don't want to misspeak um But I think everyone should read that story, especially just like like hardcore football fans, because he went through so much to be able to not just make it to the league, but to stay in the league and then to come back after his uh, knee injury. So that's it's a side of, you know, sports that I think we kind of forget about sometimes as fans, uh, that there are players, you know, behind the shield, behind the logo, behind the helmet and these guys are all going through a lot of different things and they're not all the same uh so i appreciate you wanting to you know highlight that a little bit it's like um uh, i'd say like feature storytelling versus uh like headline editorials where it's like like you said clickbait stuff a lot of people their jobs are dependent upon them getting a certain amount of traffic so you have to sensationalize things to a certain extent i mean there's there's a large portion of like the Bills Mafia fan base that I've interacted with over Twitter that are like, they're so traumatized by the drought years that it's like they would rather see the team fail so that they can be right about the Bills being bad versus just enjoying them being good for a change. So, you know, 20 20 years of losing football or so will do that to you. And like you said, I mean, if the Jets lose, you're in a bad mood for two days, so you know, 17 years straight of that is not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, you know, the Jets are, they lose a lot. So I imagine you're in a, in a sour mood for a couple days after Sunday.
0: Yeah. And then I question myself, like, why did I just waste my day? You know, when I could have been doing something else, it's just, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, our time will come just like every, uh, every fan base, you know, hopefully we're getting, uh, pushed in the right direction I have faith in and what we're doing for a change finally with what's being said inside and outside the locker room so you know hopefully it works out if it doesn't I'm gonna still rock with the team regardless but you know excited things are coming hopefully
1: yeah I started to actually have a little bit more love for the Jets recently like I don't know I, I started to get to the point where it's like I just felt bad like watching Sam Darnold like get railed over and over on just his offensive line was getting his ass kicked and you know, it's just like, man, you know, he didn't really have the kind of situation to succeed in anyway, so it's weird to put it on his shoulders and ship him out of town like he was the problem. And it's like I don't know that he necessarily was, but either way, I was like, I'm always I've always been an underdog kind of guy, which is why I'm a Bills fan in the first place. So I think a lot of people that are fans of teams that have been successful for like the majority of their life, like you don't know what it's like to be bonded to a team through that misery of losing but i think it's it says a lot about character to be like in the trenches during those bad years because that moment that's going to come where you see the light at the end of the tunnel and then eventually make it out like that's going to be a glorious moment and i know that when the jets were like in the the uh AFC title game, right, with the, the Danian Tomlinson years, like, yep. you know, they got further than the Bills did during that era, so you know, we, we saw that Mark Sanchez LT team, and that was Rex Ryan coaching, and that was a good Jets team for, you know, like, four or five years right there. So, so I would say
0: what, what are your expectations for the Jets this season? See, I'm a little bit different than most people. A lot of people are saying, you know, Eight and nine wins. You have these, you know, "quote unquote" experts coming in saying eight and nine wins will be a good season as long as Zach Wilson takes the next next leap. For me, I think we need to start setting uh, higher expectations because, you know, I don't see this schedule. I get it. You know, if we're if we're healthy, I think there's no reason why we can't make the playoffs. As crazy as people may see, may think that seems, they don't realize how much depth we added on the roster so me I think playoffs is is reasonable it may seem like a crazy take for a lot of people you know I'm not going to lose myself you know if we don't make the playoffs but as long as Zach Wilson takes you know a significant Josh Allen like second year <laughs> in the league and we've you know seen the pieces that we put around in the offseason whether it be the draft Garrett Wilson you know we added Jermaine Johnson you know we added two tight ends which we were actually three if we're including record, I mean, I think, you know, we put the pieces around them. Now there's no excuses and, you know, he's either going to sink or swim. And I really have faith in this guy because what he did in the, if we can get the Zach Wilson, the consistent, um, guy that we got in the last half of the year, you know, he went toe to toe with Tom Brady, basically with, you know, guys from Walmart running out, you know, a lot of people don't get, that, you know, rookies are going to struggle. You're, you're coming in playing guys that have been in the league for 10, 15 years, and these are, you know, guys that, you know, not only have to grasp the playbook, they have to, you know, they have to get familiar with the locker room. They have to, you know, get familiar with the players, the playbooks. There's, there's a lot of things that go into it, you know, in the rookie year. But come that second year and third year, they digest the playbook, and, you know, they get a little bit, you know, of more vocal in the locker room. They, you know, become leaders. You know Zach Wilson's, you know, basically working out with literally all his receivers, and you know that shows me he wants to be on the same page in the classroom and on the field. It hopefully it'll translate on the field. So my expectations for Zach is to take a Josh Allen-like second year, and you know we'll see what happens. But I I think we fingers crossed got our guy in Zach Wilson, but you know we'll see. He's got arm talent. He's got leg
1: talent. It's going to come down to decision-making. And I think more than anything, just like keeping him upright. If I'm not mistaken, they were probably bottom five in sacks allowed. But, and I didn't see, sorry, I didn't see them draft a lineman either. At least yeah. not with like the three or, first three or four picks. They picked so. up
0: uh, one of the best, um, Lincoln Tomlinson from mm. the 49ers. Yeah, they a good they have Becton. They have AVT going into his second year. So, I mean, and they got rid of... um basically the quote-unquote liability that, you know, was holding this down a little bit last year. So, I mean, I think this guy has no excuses. The line's good. He has weapons. Now it's about results. Get wins and, you know, see where it goes from there.
1: But yeah, it's, it's hard to transition from being, like, a team that is, like, in the, you know, 4 and 13 kind of category for several years in a row to, like, all right, now we need to know. First of all, we need to know how to, like, win the games that we're supposed to. Then... We got to, like, stay consistent. Then we got to start winning games against teams that maybe we weren't supposed to, which the Jets actually did. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Titans on the road. So when they play their best, they're capable of hanging with anybody. They just have, I'd say the division is tough. And it's still arguable that the Jets at least are going to be borderline worse than the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots didn't get better, right? But the Patriots still, like, thumped the Jets really bad twice last year. And the Dolphins are fast, and they got faster, and they're young, and they're explosive, too. So it's like, it's not that the Jets are necessarily going to be the worst team in that uh, division, but that's a hard division to climb out of right now because all three of the teams that aren't the Bills are kind of, like, in the same place. So you're all going to be scrapping for division wins all going to be scrapping to try to get just slightly over 500 which might be good enough to actually get in the playoffs like if you just get to nine and eight
0: that might do it so I mean I think 10 wins is going to get you in the playoffs I for mean sure. that's our problem I mean we've been terrible in the division like you mentioned so it, it starts in the division if you want to make the playoffs my realistic possibilities for a division record I want to see three and three and I think that is that's pretty reasonable because you know your opponents Buffalo's obviously the top dog that we're chasing Miami. I'm not as high as everyone else is on there and the Patriots. You never know if you can go three and three, you know, maybe four and two, you have a chance at the playoffs. If you go one and five in the division, I mean, it's going to be, you're basically um, climbing an up, uh, uphill battle.
1: Yeah. It's like, where do you get your wins within the AFC? Like the North, like still Pittsburgh, Baltimore is going to be good. Cleveland, as much as I don't want to see it, will probably be solid. The Bengals defending AFC champs. Uh, You go to the West, like the West is freaking stacked. The South has at least two good teams. So, you know, power rankings wise, the Jets, they have a long ladder to climb. And I wouldn't like put the expectations on them too high this season. But I like what they're doing. And if they can find consistency in the run game, which they weren't consistent, but their yards per carry was fine. Like they just didn't run the ball enough. And yeah, Brees Hall, um,
0: right? yeah, Hall is definitely going to add to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have Michael Carter as a rookie and you add another explosive back to the offense, it's like you can take the pressure off Zach a lot because we got tight ends now. We have two backs, so it's just like if he can manage the game and not turn the ball over, then we're going to be in ball games. And that's the big question that I have. If he can be consistent, you know, doesn't have to put up, you know, 350, you know, like Josh Allen or anything flashy he puts 250, two touchdowns, maybe one pick here and there, we're going to be in ball games. So that that's what I want to see. I'm not putting crazy expectations, but I, I think, you know, he's going to get his turnover because that's just the type of quarterback he is. So I'm going to take the good with the bad and just see what happens.
1: Yeah, and he's got to go against a team twice that had the number one defense last season. He's got to go against the Patriots team that turned that team over like six times in two games. So there are those hurdles that he's going to have to face regardless. But, you know, if the Jets are going to be good with him as the quarterback, he's going to have to stare that stuff down and make better decisions this time around. And hey, for what it's worth, like I I sure hope you guys beat the Dolphins and the Patriots because of all the teams, like I'll cheer for the Jets over those two any day.
0: Yeah, I'm not really as high on the Dolphins as most people. I think they have a lot of weapons, but most people don't realize. It's hard when you get a new coach the rookie year. Take it from us, for example. We won four games. I mean, I get it. You know, he has experience. But when it's you actually running the show, you got to experiment with things. I mean, it's tough. I get it. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Waddle. They have weapons. But there's that little adjustment period. And I I think just for the Dolphins, it's just not me being a hater where – you know they come out of the bat. They play. They have a tough schedule to start the season like us. If they start the season, you know, slow, then it's going to be an uphill battle. So I mean, I'm not so high on the Dolphins like a lot of people. But that's, I mean, we'll see. that's
1: fair. I think they fired their coach that the players actually really liked. So that's. Even if you get a coach that is going to be good for them in the long run, like that adjustment period is going to be difficult. Finding the identity of like what this team wants to be, because like two is not the kind of guy who's going to be finding Tyreek Hill behind the defense too often. So you have to find how to utilize him correctly. And they invested in a lot of running backs in the offseason as well because they realized, like, look, we're going to have to run the ball to take some of the pressure off of Tua and stay consistent so I don't even know if they're really in a position to use the kind of speed and talent that they have at the receiver position just yet uh and you know the book is kind of still out on Tua some people are like real believers that he's gonna make that leap this year some people like this guy's garbage and he doesn't belong in the league uh I'm somewhere in the middle like I've seen him play well and he doesn't have to do all of these things that like the top end quarterbacks do. like as long as he just doesn't turn the ball over and wins games like he's doing his job so that's going to be the biggest hurdle for the Dolphins this year is like he's going to be under a lot of pressure to basically make or break it this year and with a rookie coach like there's just a there's going to be a lot of uh, churn I would say on that team to try and figure out like who they want to be and what their identity is going to be moving into like the next era of Dolphins football under this coach for you know however many years probably figure three years know, they, they were what like 500 last year and you're hiring this coach so you figure maybe they have a tiny setback yeah. forward but we'll see um i want to ask you though so you're a jets fan did all this memorabilia stuff start from like your relationship uh at signings for the jets
0: specifically is this where it was born yeah. So how it started was, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Mm-hmm. So me and my dad, when I was like uh, 15, uh, I went to Muhammad Wilkerson signing the day before. Actually, which is crazy, the 9-11 game, which was a crazy game to be at. We played Dallas. And this was Muhammad Wilkerson's rookie year. So I had a jet mask when I was 15. And, you know, I was at the signing. So I was like, can you personalize my picture to me? Happy 15th birthday, whatever. Can I get your gloves the next day at the game? He was like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. Just, you know, just get my attention or whatever before the game. So, you know, I end up getting his gloves at the game, you know, before the game. And it's really taken off ever since where I'm neurotic. I have to be at the game. I go Mm -hmm. when the stadium opens, I have to be in line at 1040. Like usually if it's a one o'clock game, I have to be in line at 1045. I go in at 11 o'clock go down to my seats uh, see the pregame see them warm up talk to them a little bit so you know it really extended from that and now it's just really taken off where you know I can you know make a living out of it and you know some of the guys have following back and they know my face and you know I've gotten into relationships with not only like the player but their wives and stuff you know giving them baby gifts and stuff so it's not like a you know traditional relationship it's like I truly care about some of these dudes and, you know, they they know and like they'll, they'll take care of me. I don't like to ask for things, you know, for the most part of the time, but they'll just be like, oh, if I give them a picture or whatever, they'll be like, all right, here's this. And, you know, a lot of people don't get to experience that type of thing. So that's what I want to, you know, put people in a better situation to, you know, get those memories and create those bonds with, you know, whether it be their friends or family and whatnot. So I like to, you know, do the giveaways and whatnot, you know, whether it's preseason games, you know, whatever I can do to give back. And, you know, have kids be in that situation like I was when I was that young. That's that's what I wanted to do and bring to the table for everyone.
1: Yeah, that's nice to hear, man. I think, you know, passing that kind of, uh, I guess, that tradition down to the next generation and seeing the kind of uh, like joy that it brings kids and, As much as I'll say that uh, I'm not a big fan of like Cam Newton's football over the past uh, four or five years, he's always been a guy that I really appreciate what he does for the the fans. Anytime he scores, he goes, he finds a kid somewhere in the front row and he's giving that ball away. And I've always appreciated that about him. And Cam's a good dude. Uh, his, his best years are behind him, but uh, i i I always appreciated that and I, i wish i would see that from more players to recognize that you have such value to especially like the younger fans who are really beginning to identify like their love for the sport and their love for the players um i think that's really important to have in the game and it's something that i think has translated really well in other sports like basketball specifically in baseball like you go through a lot of like uh foul balls and stuff like broken bats give away like stuff you can there's a lot of disposable things that you can give away in a baseball game so it's like when you're doing long toss warm-up in the outfield and stuff and you throw the ball out into the stands someone uh has it there uh i have like a a jose lima baseball from like way back in the day when he was pitching i think for the astros i want to say and uh we're at the dodger game and came down like during warm-ups and he was signing balls and stuff and i have that somewhere in my collection i'm not like the biggest sports memorabilia <laughs> guy i have like some stuff here and there uh but i want to ask you is your collection well first i'll ask you is your your business collection geared towards football specifically and b is your personal collection more uh spread out among your fanhood of other teams
0: uh right now most of my customers are obviously jets fans so that's what i gravitate towards for the most part but as i grow and stuff i'm trying to get bills you know giants all the local teams and you know i've done i've done signings like john starks uh Knicks. i've done um oh, nice. older time yankees guys so yeah i do a little bit of every sport right now i'm just trying to you know just build it up from the ground up but yeah my personal collection I'm trying to get away from it a little bit and, you know, give people back a little bit more now, now that I'm into it for a career. But I have, I have some cool stuff that it's just like, I, I can't ever give away because it's just, it means something sentimentally for me. It's not physically the item, but it's just, it's just the, the feeling and the story behind it. if that makes mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, there's that sentimental connection to a lot of things. Uh, so my follow-up question would be like, what is your, like the house is burning down you got to run in and get that one item that you treasure the most which which is that
0: piece ooh that that's a tough question i mean <laughs> i don't really have that one specific item but i do have the ones that are just like i'm waiting on a game used jersey so that one would kind of mean a lot because the i don't know if you know like how they do the jersey swaps they don't really mm. give them out to like anyone so it's kind of like you have to be friends with the guy or you have to pretty much be their agent so mm. i have that one coming in so that would probably be up there at one of my you know top items that i like just because of the sentimental purpose of it and whose jersey is that uh it is going to be denzel mims okay nice so cool. you know a guy that's trying to make a name for himself that you know coming off a, a down year but you know covid it he, he put on some weight with the covid stuff so i mean didn't we all yes <laughs> so yeah that's one of my that's one of my items where it's hopefully coming in soon, and that one means a lot.
1: Nice. All right. Uh, and we had talked a little bit uh, before we started recording. Uh, we want to do, or you want to do, uh, a giveaway. So how do you want to do this giveaway?
0: Give me your um, take on Yeah um, However you want, honestly. I mean, we could do just, you know, follow us and retweet it. I mean, we can do it that way if that uh, could work.
1: Yeah, we could... Uh, let me think, because... We're going to put it, we're going to put up your uh, Facebook group so that anybody that's listening that wants to take a look. Do you have it uh, like organized by item as well? Cause I, I was scrolling through like some of the tabs and I didn't really like open all of them, but I was just kind of like looking over the surface of the page. So how is yeah, it organized? Yeah, I don't really
0: have it too like organized, but I could put it on the top of the page. That would probably work too.
1: Okay. And then, uh, maybe send me a picture of the thing that you want to give away perfect yes and i'll I'll link that to uh the post and then we'll share that around and uh we'll pick somebody at random from maybe the like list or the retweet list and we'll do it that way sound good perfect all right and so tell me a little bit about the thing that it is that you want to give away what is it
0: uh I will give away for Bills Mafia since, you know, you're a Bills fan. Let's do a uh, Cole Beasley 8x10. Uh, this one I got personally. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, nice. personally signed Personally signed myself before the Jets versus Bills game. So, yeah, I'll be glad to give that back. You know, I appreciate you having me on the show today. Yeah, of course. You know, look, look forward to doing big things together. Yeah, I like that.
1: You know, that Cole Beasley item right there is going to be like a, a cult item because he was very uh, divisive over the, the whole testing policies and kind of like split the fanhood in half of people that really like loved Cole Beasley and people that really just wanted him to like shut up. And now he's not even on the team anymore. So that's a very cool item you got there from an era, a transition era for the Bills. Like he was huge in getting the Bills to where they are now and speaking of the bills jets connection now we have Jamison crowder filling in to that role and it's going to be interesting since you watched him play for a few years with the jets what do you have to tell us bills fans about crowder
0: uh i will say that Jamison crowder his only knock really to be honest with you is injuries in the past i mean he's i think he's 29 correct me if i'm wrong his just thing is he was playing out of position. I mean, he was the Jets' number one receiver at times where, you know, for you guys, he'll be more of the slot guy, the three, you know, from like he was with you know, Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox. So he'll be more suited for his role. So, I mean, yeah, he, Josh is going to love him for, you know, he catches targets all the time. He doesn't really drop too many passes, but as long as he's healthy, you know, he's, he's going to be a good uh, addition for your team.
1: Yeah, I was actually when the Jets got him, I was like, ooh, that's a sneaky good pickup because he was coming off of like, I'm pretty sure he was a pro bowler for uh, Washington before he uh, signed with the Jets and they gave him a pretty good deal in free agency. Uh, So yeah, I'm excited to have Crowder. It's going to be an interesting season for sure. Uh, I had had heard the other day when you were doing the space and we were talking a little bit, you're watching uh, the basketball game at the time. So if you're ranking, I guess you're like your sports love, what is the hierarchy of that well, structure?
0: Oh, football without a doubt is hands yeah. down in its own category. <laughs> I probably go basketball, hockey, baseball. It, they're all kind of clumped, but football is definitely in its own category. Like football is like my main love, like
1: understanding watching well, it, you. you
0: know, and whatnot. But football is in its own category by itself, pretty much.
1: That's fair. I think you know, for a lot of football fans, it's that way where. When it's not football season, it's still football season. I had more yeah. fun watching kind of the offseason theatrics of this season more than I was paying attention to basketball or hockey or anything else. And it's like I love hockey. I just don't watch it as much as I used to uh, because my team is not very good anymore. They, they made the playoffs, but it's like, you know, I grew up a Kings fan. And then that Kings team that I love, uh, got demolished because of salary cap reasons a-, a year after they made it to the Stanley Cup and lost. So it's like all my favorite players from the team were gone. It's like, yeah, of course I like Wayne Gretzky, but it was like I was a fan of Thomas Sandstrom and Mike Donnelly and Tody Granato and those guys like the supporting cast that was there. So I was like, all right, well, now my favorite player is not on this team anymore. And they're going back to being crappy because they can't afford to be good anymore. And then uh, my sister and her husband were big uh, Red Wings fans. So I started watching like that early 90s Red Wings team. And this is like the the Red Army with like Sergei Fedorov and uh, Konstantinov and those guys and the Steve Eiserman team. And now, you know, Steve Eiserman built that uh, Stanley Cup championship team down in Tampa, basically playing Red Wings hockey from the 90s. And then I, I think Eiserman is back with the Red Wings now trying to rebuild them as well. So it's been really cool to like go from the point of like, oh, wow, I watched this guy play as a rookie. to now he's back GMing this team. Yeah. And that's something like that I, I see with the Bills that I don't necessarily see with every other team. Like you see Elway is in the front office with uh, Denver, right? But like you got Bruce Smith, uh, Thurman, Jim, like all those guys are still really close to that Bills team. I would love to see, like, Bruce Smith, like, D-line coach for us. I don't know, like, what he's doing with the rest of his time, but he would be the right kind of mentor for guys like Groot and uh, Espenza, or Epines, I should say. Um, Especially, like, when we have all these young guys. It's like, you know, Jerry Hughes just left, went to Houston, so I'm I'm happy for him that he gets to go end his career in Houston playing at home. That sounds like a thing that uh, after, you know, 10 years in the league, You get to get that nice veteran contract, go play at home. The expectations are low for Houston. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. But it it seems like they found their guy with uh, Davis Mills. And there's this thing, like, it's a joke I got with my brother, but it's true. Um, Whatever team needs to find their new franchise quarterback, you're required to bring Tyrod Taylor on to be your starter. And then he's going to lose his starting job to the next guy. First, it was Josh Allen. Then it was Baker Mayfield. Then it was Justin Herbert. Then it was Davis Mills. All in consecutive seasons. So wherever Tyrod goes this year, if you have a rookie quarterback, you're going to be in a good spot. And I feel bad for Tyrod because it's like, you know, he brought us to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. The year that that happened, too, they had already traded away Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. They basically dumped all the talent trying to lose to basically just like prepare for the Sean McDermott era, the following season. And he still took him to the playoffs. So I'll always have love for Tyrod. I wish he had an opportunity somewhere and he probably will start some games. He was playing really good for the Texans last year until he got hurt. And then it was like, Oh, well, Davis mill is our guy now. So it's like the reverse curse. It was like a, what's that? Will Smith movie. I think where whoever he dated, like went on and got married after. So all the girls were after him for that reason. Uh, so it's like that. Um, I don't even know where Tyrod is this year. I got to look it up when we get off. Oh, uh, the Giants. Giants. Oh, so did the Giants draft the quarterback? Or are they just hoping that he's got nah, that magic for Daniel, Daniel Jones? <laughs> yeah, Daniel Jones, yeah. And Tyrod's a good backup, mm-hmm. honestly, for Daniel Jones. He's like similarly mobile. He's been around. He doesn't really turn the ball over, but he doesn't take risks downfield either. So that's that was always the knock on him is that on a good year, he's going to throw like 16 touchdowns and five picks. And he's throw for like 2,500 yards. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on Daniel Jones though, since you brought him up? Uh,
0: honestly, I I don't know. I mean, he's he's going to have a better year, I think. You know, with Dable and the the new regime there. But Fourth I mean, year? to Good be year. to be honest with you, I mean, even if he balls out, I think he's going to be gone regardless. So I kind of think it's a win-win situation because. You know, they they try to win and, you know, build a winning culture or whatnot. And then he, you know, if he does good, then, you know, maybe he gets a job somewhere else. But I don't see really the future in Daniel Jones in New York. That's fair. I mean, what is this, his fourth or fifth season? Uh, I think it's his fourth. I think it is. Okay, so yeah, you know, they're not going to pick up 20 his, yeah, it was a 2019, I think.
1: Yeah, they won't pick up his 5th uh, year option on him most likely unless he really does something crazy and they they're not in a position to draft a quarterback to replace him. You know, he that that shot that he took in the Dallas game last year where he came out the f- field and he was like drooling and I was like, "Oh my god, like that's a bad hit." So, he's got to learn to protect himself running the football a little bit better if he's going to try to weaponize his legs like we've seen him do you know in the past um he's he's in a tough spot though where you play for the Giants you have really high expectations if you don't live up to that early you're in trouble and then the Giants were I don't know arguably one of the most injured teams throughout all of last season like Galladay was not healthy the whole year Uh, Tony wasn't healthy the whole year Shepard, Slayton, none of these guys were healthy the whole season. Saquon was coming back from tearing his knee the year before. So he'll probably start to get back to being himself a little bit more this year. They drafted uh, good offensive linemen to help them out. So, you know, I think having Dable there, at least they'll have an identity of what they want to do. And, uh, you know, Judge was an awful coach. So. He, uh, his tenure was short lived. I, I, I won't expect to see him head coaching anywhere, uh, in the near future.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Okay. So, you know, we've gone through, we covered most of our bases. Uh, recently, like as we connected, we, uh, talked about like you wanting to expand, uh, kind of your, your base on Twitter and kind of build your brand out. So, I'd say like, what is your, let's see, what is it? May, it's, it's about to be June. So let's say June through the end of the year. Uh, like what is, what is your plan for your, like your growth strategy? And what, uh, what do you want to see happen? I guess by the end of this year, do you have like the kind of
0: timetables in place for yeah, the, I mean... benchmarks that you want to hit? I mean, with the weather coming up, I'm definitely my content is definitely going to be taken to the next level. I'll be at Giant camp. I'll be at Jet camp for a majority of the time. I will be at preseason games. So my content is going to probably go to the next level. But, I mean, I think by opening day, I have a goal. I want to be – I shoot for the stars, and if I don't get it, that's fine. But I think there's no reason, as long as I'm interacting with people, I can't be at at least 10,000 10, by opening day of the football season. Yeah, I mean you
1: got f- several hundred thousand Jets fans at least, you know, probably more than that. Uh so just, you know, kind of spreading your roots like getting that base together. Uh do you want to focus specifically on the the Jets fan community or
0: is your is your goal I think long-term bigger than that? No, my goal is definitely long-term, it's bigger than that. I will want I want to get every Um, every team involved. I mean, another goal that I have is I want to put together, I am working on it, but is one thing that is hard for me as someone that has um, trust issues is I want to make a network based on just fans for every team. So you cover Buffalo, I cover the Jets. You know, we have 30 other teams. But for me, it's like I need the content to be, way superior so that is the part where i struggle with personally because i hold myself to a high standard and i don't want people just putting out information that isn't true so you know as i connect with more people on twitter i am planning on reaching out to see if they are going to training camp that way we can get an insight directly from the people themselves not the beat reporters that's fine. So, like, I, pr- I probably wouldn't be your guy for that. I live in California,
1: so me going to Bill's training camp uh, is a little bit prohibitive, but uh, I will be at that first game this season.
0: Yeah, that's uh, going uh, to be a good one.
1: I know. Well, hey, the last time the Bills were in town was the first time I actually got to see the Bills play live, and uh, they beat the Rams then, too. I mean, two very different teams, but you know that was a Tyrod Taylor win right there on the road in the Coliseum, and then Two seasons ago when the Bills played the Rams, the Bills beat them then too. So I don't know what it is, but at least the Bills play well against the Rams lately. Uh, but yeah, uh, like my my style is like, look, I'm not in Buffalo. I'm not a beat reporter. I'm not any of those things. I'm a Bills fan. I've been a Bills fan for 30 plus years. So I have a lot more, I guess, uh, context to the history of the organization through the Super Bowl era down into the drought year and now back out the other side. Um, and I, I, you know, my style is more like, look, I'm going to sit back, let what happens happens. There's a lot of, like, uh, off-season speculation that happens, right? Like, oh, where's this guy going to go? What's happening yeah. to the player? Who's going to sign where? I'm like, just let me know when he signs because then I'll know. Like, I don't, I don't need to to fill airtime with a lot of stuff so it's like I didn't uh like I didn't do a lot of podcasting during the off season like there was a couple things in particular where like I, my brother's a huge uh, 49ers fan and so I was asking him about uh like his take on what's going on with the devo Samuel situation and so we talked about that so like very specific things or the Tom Brady coming out of retirement uh like we were I think we were recording at the time when it got announced that he was retiring the first time and then a week later I was like oh no he's not retiring so it was like a month later but you know, I'm more of a observational kind of a sports fan, where I just like to sit back and watch it, and then like I can have my opinions after I see what I see. I can maybe predict some things here and there based on you know knowledge. But I'm not friends with these players. I don't know any of these guys, so I don't have any insider trading knowledge. Uh, just a commentator, but I will help you in whatever way I can if you need bills information or insight i'll give you whatever i can i can give you you know 30 years worth of knowledge on this bills team yeah
0: i appreciate that
1: yeah so uh you know we're close to an hour now is there anything else
0: that uh you wanted to talk about while i got you on no i just want to say thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it and it was a good time and i'll definitely be back
1: it is we'll connect a little bit more and maybe uh Maybe when the Bills and Jets play, uh, we, we can either do like a preview episode or something because it's only going to happen twice a season. But
0: right,
1: you know, uh, maybe we can do that or we can do a recap episode or something like that. But I'll make yeah, sure that I in. stay in touch with you for that. Um, but yeah, so why don't you uh, why don't you shout out whatever uh, you're promoting and you want to shout out, and I'll make sure that we get the
0: links up for that as well in the show notes. Uh, just make sure you follow me on Twitter at uh, jmags33 um on facebook justin sports collectibles and yeah you know i appreciate you having me on the show like i said and you know can't wait for the season i know right can't come soon enough
1: uh september 8th cannot get here soon enough that's my brother's birthday too so i'm like look man just get tickets to the game just uh i can't buy them because they're way too expensive for me to buy your tickets too but just come to the game uh and we'll enjoy it and that'll be your birthday night. Uh, we're going to be sitting visitor side end zone corner. So,
0: oh, that's one thing I want to ask you. Where are your, uh, you have season tickets to the Jets? <laughs> no? It's funny you say that. I, over the years, I've gotten friends with so many season ticket holders where I, I don't have season tickets myself gotcha. personally. But my best friend that I usually go to the games with, he decided to pull the trigger this year on season tickets. Mm-hmm. So we're excited and I'll probably be at the majority of the games.
1: All right. So where do you know where those seats are?
0: Um, Those are upper level, but usually, see, I know how to cheat the system a little bit. I usually uh, Google the seats before and, you know, I'll I'll wiggle my way through to where I actually want to sit. So I kind of know the ins and outs by now. So, yeah. There you go. I can't wait to be back in, you know, training camps around the corner. We have about two months, end of July training camp. So it's coming quicker than we think.
1: It is. I know it's I mean, we're going to be in June here in a couple of days and that'll blow by, too. So Uh, I will make sure to keep an eye out for you, though, during the Jets games. I'm going to have a little bit more vested interest when I'm doing my like quad box. It's like, hmm, which game do I actually want to see on here? Like, all right, well, let's put the Jets up on one of these windows and we'll see how they do. So I'll keep an eye out on the Jets. Don't want them getting good too fast because we need this Bills to lock down the division for a while. But uh, best of luck to the Jets best of luck to you with your business. I'm glad we were able to uh, touch base and become acquaintances through Twitter of all things. Uh, But it shows that, you know, Twitter is actually valuable in the uh, social marketing aspect of what you want to do. So I appreciate your time. Make sure everybody, if you're listening, go to that just in sports collectibles page on Facebook that we're going to put up. Uh, You can just look it up by that name too. If you're, Happen to be browsing Facebook while you listen to this and uh, follow Justin at J Megs. That's the letter J M E G S 33 on Twitter. He's going to have you covered for all of your insider jets, news and collectibles. And he's going to be branching out into all of the New York state teams real soon. He's going to have you covered for all that stuff too. So get in now before he goes global and it's going to be hard to, uh, get what you want from him because he's going to be a busy man <laughs> so justin thank you so much for your time man uh thank you i appreciate you it so much we'll do it me. we'll do it again brother okay Yeah, sure. thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode if you enjoyed it please help me out by liking subscribing sharing wherever you get your podcasts this show is an extension of com. if you'd like to be a guest on the show you can contact me at info at com. and until next time be well stay safe And Go Bills!